0: Guess who's Bazak? Barely, but we back. Guess who didn't miss us? You. <laughs> What's going on? Come on in the room. We only got about eight viewers. We need at least twenty to make us feel good. You know. So tag somebody, tag like somebody, call
1: somebody. Tell them just turn it on. They ain't got to watch it. Just turn it on.
0: We <laughs> start paying people to just turn this on, and uh, bot- We need some bots. Then we have a guest with bots. We need some bots. Yeah. Just tap in say hello say hi hit the likes hit the heart share what did my man say scott here one of the last uh shows say something controversial like donald trump or something that gets you up in the yeah, algorithms yeah, you, you know you, you, algorithm. can, you can do that welcome into sunday night service we missed last week backsliding pastor jeff We sometimes you gotta you do gotta it backslide sometimes you just wake up and you just don't feel like that's what they
1: tell me i I just didn't
0: feel or like Or you that. take a trip out of state and don't feel like trying to scramble to find another guest host. And I need the week you. Off. You know, I miss you, Jeff. You need Jeff. me. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. I miss <laughs> being up in this hot studio room with you, <laughs> sweating, smell like feet. Just, this, this conversation ain't going in the correct It's way. not going in the correct <laughs> way. way. We don't. But, but you know what? It's better than the way Twitter's going. Wow. The news all over Twitter and all over the world is that Elon Musk – Mr. Tesla, Mr. Tesla, and doesn't he do SpaceX too? Yeah. And Mr. SpaceX, Mr. Spaceman electric car is buying Twitter for $44 billion. Well, he could have got MySpace for $25,000. Man, he could have got Black Panic for a chicken wing <laughs> and an IOU. I mean, he if you're going to bring something back, you should have bought my church for $50,000. <laughs> he could have bought religiously incorrect. He could have bought, po- bought this podcast. <laughs> he could have bought this podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, I appreciate, I appreciate it. it. What's happening? Yeah. Oh, that is
1: right. We're talking about what we
0: got going on. It was my birthday. That's, That's birthday. the most important right. thing. Did y'all cash out Pastor Jeff? Cash. <laughs> you cash at him at uh dollar sign, Pastor Todd Johnson. <laughs> and I'll make sure he gets hey, the money.
1: Hey, listen, man. Listen. And I think you done it this year too. We, I think we both done it I did it for my
0: thing. wife. I okay. didn't do it for me. I did it for my wife. I,
1: okay. I've never done it before. My man made it for me. So, how do we make it? I got it? 700 likes and not one. <laughs> no
0: <laughs> money.
1: I'm like, 700 likes.
0: Y'all are the worst.
1: The absolute worst. Hey, and I cash out everybody. Everybody's like,
0: you know what? Let me send them God let is let send not somebody. pleased. Somebody.
1: Like, nobody. My wife's like, how much you got? I'm like, <laughs> I was like, nothing from nothing. Nothing, <laughs> from, nothing from nothing. From nothing. What's Leave zero nothing. divided by zero? <laughs>
0: What's the girl who of nothing?
1: <laughs> uh, lucky I don't need yeah, no money. Well, didn't we talk
0: about people who do that? I think we, we talked did. about we talked people. About, like,
1: I mean, I just, you know. You reap what you sow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's what happened. You reap what you
1: sow. I said, I know I'm at least somebody give me... A, a buck, five bucks it's a nice It was, it was nice, a nice It was a great graphic See, that we, means you saw it, you ain't give See? We got, You saw it we, we, It was like, just keep on strolling yeah, i will just keep, keep talking like I gave myself Happy birthday Happy birthday! Put and a and very... some people be writing up. Some people be writing paragraphs. Man of God, you're gonna be so <laughs> blessed this year for your put birthday, too. Man yeah. of God, Man of God, you're gonna be blessed. Uh, I see blessings upon your life for this 49th year of
0: your life. I'm you, I'm
1: not leaving you any cash app,
0: but somebody will bless you. Your reward is in heaven. <laughs> God will cash app you in kingdom currency. <laughs> so so back to the subject at hand Uh, Elon Musk bought Twitter and I want to talk about first of all on a serious note does it make sense for just random people with a lot of money to buy like just vital platforms because Twitter is like almost a verifiable news source it's like the wild wild west of news but Remember a couple weeks ago when we all went out and grabbed a few wings after the show Absolutely. and got on Twitter and people were like, did Will Smith just slap Chris Rock? Uh-huh. I mean, Twitter is the breaking news. Excuse me. It's so important that people have had to be banned like our former president, our former dumpster fire of a president who had to be banned for life from Twitter because of the misinformation. So what does it mean, Pastor Jeff? That's my first question about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does it mean when a random billion, if you have billions of dollars, what did, what, did, what did Jeff Bezos buy? The Washington Post? Yep. The Washington Post? You could just buy newspapers. Is that dangerous? I mean, I guess we're going to have to see what is
1: he going to do? What changes are, is he going to make? If, if, now, see, first of all,
0: I ain't on Twitter. He said he's going to take away any basically moderation. He's going to take away moderation. He claims he's going to deal with the bots, like the, you know, the robot accounts, or whatever. But he claims he's going to open it up and that their moderation and their correction of people like Donald Trump, mm-hmm. with that that is a, a front to free speech and he's going to reverse that. And then he's going to find some kind of way to monetize posts, and which probably just means more ads like Facebook has and stuff like that. But I mean, he he has a clear and I don't care what it is, to be honest, but he does have a clear political bend to him. Absolutely. There are yes, a certain group of people who are absolutely thrilled. Republicans and conservatives are thrilled. Democrats and liberals are are, you know, uh, are terrified, apparently. I don't know what they would have said if Bette Midler would have bought, you know, <laughs> Twitter or whoever their favorite liberal is. But. Maybe that's the side part of that saying there's so many more millionaires and billionaires in the world than there were before. Does this create a situation where once again, like in the railroad days and way back in the 1800s and slave, if you just got enough money, man, you just just basically buy the economy of the newspapers. and
1: uh, It happens. I mean, if they got the money to buy it and somebody's selling it. by. I mean, I don't have a problem with, no,
0: with him buying it. I mean, did we forget that Ted Turner started his own news network? CNN? You know, I mean, I I guess there's not like there's not a precedent. I think it's the type of person he is. But when hasn't there been like millionaire and billionaire people just buying up ridiculous stuff because they could just buying it up? Just Hey, the the second issue I have, Pastor Jeff, is with his name and I'm jealous. (laughs) I'm jealous on behalf of all black people. You know why? Talk to me. Because you cannot be black and get away with having a name like Elon Musk.
1: It sounds like a drink to me, isn't man, it? Sound it sounds like sound- somebody would call you <laughs> musky, sound- Musty
0: on the Must Elon, If people call hey, you Elon hey, hey, Musty hey, hey, on the watch, bus. Watch it. Watch. Because oh, okay. there was a guy in
1: Youngstown named Musty. Musky. Was there a guy in Youngstown named Musty? Name was, 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 was he was was yeah, He was huge. He was, yeah. What I'm saying is, you know how, Mus- how we don't wanna... on people, man. But no, I mean, no, I'm saying, I mean, but, that, I mean, seriously, though, it sounds like, me. you know, you just, you got the bar and you're like, hey, let me get one of those Elon Musk. Let me get Elon Musk.
0: We get it on rocks. It sounds know. like a generic cologne that you get <laughs> from Avon, <laughs> Elon. <laughs> it's not like cologne my grandpa used to get. Elon, Elon Musk. We will put on that Elon Musk girl. We'll put that on. We'll put that Elon Musk I got on that Musk. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because I just started using Twitter again, and for the millions of viewers who watch our show, I just started using Twitter like more frequently, and it's the place where I put my more dangerous thoughts. Okay. Because nobody follows me. Like three people. Like a lot of people. I have, I have followers, what's your Twitter. nobody name? interacts.
1: What's your, twi- your tweet? Pastor
0: Todd J. It's always the same. Pastor Todd J. Everybody,
1: everybody, go follow. all, all 300 wants. people I got on here tonight, go follow. Pastor Todd. Pastor Todd J. Pastor Todd J on Twitter. Because it's odd. The funny thing
0: is, I found out that I have a much larger audience and a broader audience, a lot of old people. Like they're more quickly offended, even if it's it's not custom, not on their custom or nothing, but just like just opinions, just more, you know, I go on there and just complain about stuff. Like I used to do that on Facebook, now I do it on Twitter. I don't think Twitter can get any more wild, wild west, but honestly, Twitter is not for average people, it's for celebrities and brands. Right. Twitter, t- Twitter, and Instagram, are for celebrities and brands. Facebook is for you to share pictures of your kids at the beach or whatever. Right, right, right. And church. I, I, services. I know I have a hard time even on, even on Instagram. So I ain't even trying. The right. conversation. And they're hard to follow because we're old and our eyes don't know how to work with this stuff. Like we don't I, know yeah, how to I'm follow lost. who's talking to who. Is this a retweet? Is this a sub post tweet? Face tick
1: <laughs> tick
0: tick <laughs> gram we're old jeff i mean
1: we're we have and we have to live with that I, i'm trying to tell you y'all trying, old too i'm trying to tell I, I told them today in church i said i now know what pastor harrison meant when he used to say i got more years behind me than i got in front of me you know I, I, yeah i do I, I do eyes do i wake up and i gotta check and make sure everything is still working
0: i'm still on the edge.
1: Everything. I with, 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 what worked when I went to bed might not work when I get up.
0: That's why I have Shamika check and make sure. <laughs> Give it a once over, baby girl.
1: <laughs> Give it a 19 yes. point inspection. You know how you go to the,
0: you know how you go to the, they get your tires done. Hey, I can hear Shamika saying, boy, get out. Boy, bye. But, yeah,
1: <laughs> boy, yeah. bye. boy, bye.
0: <laughs> go, tell them, go tell your kids to go to bed. Yeah, give it a 19-point inspection if you, if you don't mind. Make sure everything's good. Uh, yeah, so but see, here's the thing about Twitter. So here's the funny thing I discovered. The fact that it could be bought for $44 billion actually tells you actually how cheap and how Twitter wasn't making any money. Like they are far below every other platform, far below. Everybody wow. else is worth hundreds of billions of dollars, and mm-hmm. somebody could swoop in and buy Twitter, for basically like a Reese's peanut butter cup and a Pepsi. So, so it's only forty-four billion. It's only forty-four billion. I mean, that's, that's what an a- <laughs> offering. <laughs> you know, Second Baptist it's an offering. <laughs> At some uh, Kojic anniversary. Hey, hey, y'all, this is hey, like a $44 billion crowd. We're going to come around one more time. I got the billion dollar line. I got the billion dollar, line. I, the I the billion, billion dollar line, line. I would like everybody to follow me. Can you believe that in a couple of years when people have more and more money, people are going to be like, I want everybody to follow me. I'm going to start this offering off with a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want people to come behind me. That's what it's time for but You know what? That's going to be time for me to become an atheist. I'm yeah, like, listen, listen, I got a new religion, and it doesn't involve me giving money to anybody.
1: Absolutely nobody.
0: Yeah, I, Elon Musk is a wild card. Yes. That's the thing. He is still an unknown entity. He is. He's tweeting things that interfere with the sale. Like, he's saying stuff. Like, I don't know if you know this, but you can tweet stuff that can make the stocks jump. Wow. And he was doing that. Wow. He was doing that. Like tweeting, I'm going to do this with the company, and then people start selling, and da 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 da. That's a lot of power for one guy.
1: Well, isn't this the same guy who turned back on the computers when
0: in Ukraine?
1: In Ukraine, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He just yeah, I he mean, just sent his own internet there. When
1: you when you got that much power, He's like,
0: oh, y'all ain't got internet. Let me just let me just send my own satellite over there. I mean, I, I just yeah. I mean that that that's how it goes. But we'll see how it shakes out. You know, everybody's going to quit social media every other day. We're not.
1: I'm, and, I'm, and please stop We're saying not. it. Please, please stop advertising that you ain't. going When gonna you announce that you're leaving yeah. social media, I, ain't I just gonna be here you. for. I, it. I, I ain't, ain't gonna be
0: here for. Don't nobody. We really don't we care. We don't care. We're not gonna miss you. I need to take a mental health break. <laughs> and um, that that was offensive, but but we don't.
1: We really don't care. Does anybody? But it, it's talking about talking about does anybody? Does anybody care about the NBA playoffs? Is there any care not about yet. that? Not no? Yet. no, no.
0: I care then. that all the people that we're arguing over who's the greatest are out of the playoffs. LeBron, Durant. I mean, I all think these Steph super Curry teams. is better than all of them. Is this the end of the super team or the intentional super team then? I hope so, too. It, sh- it needs to be it needs because to be. ain't none of them working. No, no, no. You know,
1: LA, we seven LA, years ago. LA
0: tried to put together a super team. Yeah. They didn't even get to the playoffs. Super crap. <laughs> super trash, what they are. <laughs> super garbage. <garmosh>. The Nets. <laughs> The Nets. The Nets. I mean it's it I, I would like the air to be over. That's yeah. what I would like. But you know, we'll keep watching. I care about the finals, usually around like the conference finals and getting into the finals. That's what I'm i definitely caring. happy to see Steph Curry and I'm back in the, uh, I don't mind Brothers. it though. I like Yeah, him. yeah I don't so. mind So hey, we want to thank our sponsors while you are liking oh no, it's not sponsor time. What time it's it, is it, Jeff? It's meme of the week. Meme of the week. <laughs> Meme of the week. I, I, I religiously incorrect, ladies and gentlemen. I, 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 <laughs> Meme of the week. <laughs> Meme of the week. <laughs> we, thank you. Send us your memes of the week. Meme of the
1: week. Meme of the week. We we are, we are these are all jokes. We are just playing.
0: Worship leaders be like. <laughs> I said, lift your hands. It'd be funny if it said mother effer on it, you know, <laughs> <This> is Samuel <laughs> Jackson, which I wouldn't doubt because we've heard about some custom preachers. Oh my God. Okay. Let's talk about this pastor, Jeff, how appropriate or how forward and forceful. What is the line drawn between admonishing and encouraging and inviting and demanding? Enforcing,
1: you know, I've honestly gotten so—I guess the word is sick of it. Today, I literally went to Salem to a church down in Salem, Methodist Church, and I enjoyed singing out of the hymnal. Just no pressure. No pressure. Everybody singing. Off key, on key,
0: didn't care. Everybody singing. Not everybody clap your hands, stand up with us, uh, do this, do that. I, I mean, I, I, it stand was up just, if you want. Right. And she, the lady actually said
1: it. She said, if you've been standing too long, you can sit down. I know that you
0: can lift your voices without standing on your feet. How nice is that? I was like, oh, where my- do we get that theology that we have to stand? I'm tired of being told to stand up for people. I don't want to. I'm gonna sit here and you can call me rebellious <laughs> if you want to. You're gonna sit there on your
1: phone. <laughs> I watch you to I watch you to Okay. Oh my god. I have I a pet you. peeve.
0: Here's my pet peeve. And this only applies to actual worship leaders and praise teams. If I know, and I usually already know that you are the type of person who sits down on everybody else, who does not participate when you're not performing. I reserve the right to ignore any of your commands. Hey I, I reserve the right now. Pastors and ministers, they have a task. They have a duty for the day. They don't always have to jump up, which we do believe in ministers participating in worship. Absolutely. But if you're that type that's being super aggressive and then you start bashing people because they're, they're not doing what you want them to do, and really, we've said this before, don't want to be the dead horse, but they're really more frustrated that you're not responding to the excellence that they think they're giving in the music than actually worshiping God because the more you do support them, the more they make it about themselves anyway. Right. So, I think most people are over the forcefulness. They don't mind being invited, encouraged. Hey, everybody, it's time to worship. L-l-l- come on, everybody, clap your hands. That's normal talk that is used right, to right, in the right, church. Right, 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 right. Literally barking commands every five seconds. Come on, y'all, you ain't doing enough. Come on, I know God's been better to you than that. Uh, uh, I've, literally oh, my, I've literally given my.
1: I've literally given the guy who runs my service. Com- you know, say it at the beginning and after, you know, say it at the beginning, you know, we're going to ask everybody throughout the worship service to stand, you know, get, you know, come on with the praise team, sing with the, you know, with the choir, whatever,
0: whatever, you know, everybody do it. And after that, don't say it again. But we'll put it back up, uh, Mike, because there is a difference between being welcoming and 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 coming off like this. Even if you do say it more than once or even if you do say it at different points in the service, there's a difference. And this really is. And see, here's the thing. We're so used to a certain type of interaction where nothing really surprises us or even offends us. And we stop and don't think about the people who are not familiar with this interaction and are not used to being told what to do, especially in such a demanding way. And I think I think people have continuously said I, I wish people would stop doing that and we just keep on doing it. But right. you know what? They wish I would stop telling folk to touch your neighbor and I'm not going to stop saying that either. So whatever. Well, make me stand up. That's my thing. Right, right, make right, right, me right, want right, to get right, into right. this and or or flip side, except that I can appreciate and worship with you. And maybe there is a different phrase or phase of worship I'm in at the moment that might not include doing what you commanded me to do.
1: Only thing I'm commanding, and I don't even know if I want to call it commanding, but I think it's just respectful. Is just to stand up when we're reading the word. That's Absolute. the, only, that's well, it's the, only the word. I'm yeah, that's all I'm saying. You know, it's. And, yeah. I, and I will stop, like you know.
0: Let's maybe, all stand if we yeah. would, and people say when we pray sometimes, which you don't have to do. But uh, again, there are nothing wrong with expectations in the church that are part of a tradition of this is what we do. But again, it's expecting people to follow your every command. Hey, hey I'd be it's, like. Oh, oh, so you ain't gonna stand for the word, bro? Right. Oh, so, so you, so you
1: just gonna sit there like you, like like you, like you handicapped? God, cripple him, cripple him right
0: now. Man,
1: First I time. said, stand! Strike.
0: <laughs> strike him down right now. All right, if you have a meme of the week, you can always send it to religiously incorrect podcast at gmail.com, inbox it to us. We won't promise that we can use it, but if we find it funny, your meme might end up. Did somebody send us this? This is our this, this was our own. All right, that was a big mic production. So uh, we appreciate that. Now it's time to thank our sponsors. We want to thank uh, Phillips Care family of businesses. I'll get this out the way quick. Phillips care cleaning service. They do residential, commercial, you know what they do, wood floor, carpet cleaning. All types of things. Call my man Fernando at 330 219 7916. So look up Philips Care on Facebook and while you're at it, I need my grass cut. You probably need some leaves and sticks pulled out of your yard. Call Phillips Care Lawn Services. They will hook you up weekly, biweekly, monthly, edging, trimming, mowing, branches, dead trees, whatever's going on. They can help you. They've even done yard repair, lawn repairs. In dead areas. rats. Dead mm-hmm. rats. You know what I'm saying? If a volcano appears in your backyard. Cows on Williamsburg. Listen, Armageddon, <laughs> they got your back. So call them at 330-219-7916. Look up Phillips Care LLC online. Tell them we sent you. You will not get a discount. Thank you so much. Our subject today, Pastor Jeff, we are our own guests. Welcome, Carthel. Welcome, Uh By the way, thank you, Cindy Moe, for filling in at the last show. Yes, yes. Cindy Moe tried to take my show. That's what I told her when I saw it. Cindy Moe tried to take my show. Uh, Thank you so much, Cindy Moe, and happy birthday to you, too. Yes, happy birthday. Yes, it is. Yeah, Lady Charlene, my man Mark. We need to put up a picture of Mark, who loves to talk about eating fresh fruits and vegetables and stuff, and was trying to feed us pizza and chicken wings the other night. What? I'm going to put up a picture when we get offline. What? Yeah, I'm calling you out, Mark. Of calling right, you out. Right. And he had a hoodie on and everything. Like, he was a dealer. He was like, well, you want some of this? <laughs> <laughs> then I had the nerve to say it had broccoli on it or something. So it was a, a veggie pizza. Brother, brother Glenn,
1: Pastor Glenn, Pastor how are Glenn. you? Elder Glenn, God bless you. Uh, I saw Rosetta on yeah, earlier. Yeah, Rosetta, Elder Carter. Elder Successful uh, banquet, uh, 19th anniversary. Listen, let me let me just tell y'all. Let me
0: tell y'all. I preached some white y'all. folk happy. That's what happened.
1: Todd went Ballistic Pastor Todd went ballistic down there. I stepped on in
0: their chicken and rigatoni. Oh my God. Walking it was, on tables. It, it was phenomenal. I mean, I anointed them with the unsweetened tea.
1: At Matter it was so good. I had a lady today down in uh, Salem where we went. She was like, I almost told my church I almost resigned as the pastor and went and joined Second Baptist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bring them ties, lady. <laughs> Bring them ties with you. Okay, here's our subject. We got to get to the subject. I really want y'all to like, share, tag. This is gonna be a good one. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna share our experiences. This subject for tonight's show is called "There's No Place Like Home." There's no place. There's like no home. place like home. And in honor of this show, Pastor Jeff is wearing ruby red slippers right now. <laughs> <laughs> he got them from his wife. Absolutely. Uh, so. The premise of tonight's show, Jeff, is you and I both basically born and raised in this area Mm -hmm. and you and I both now pastor right here in this area. Right. And there are unique dynamics to pastoring people, you know, not only people, you know, but people who knew you before you were a pastor, maybe even before you were a Christian. Before you were an adult, you might be preaching to people who wiped your butt. Say less. When you were a baby.
1: Correct, you are.
0: You were the pastor at Beulah in Youngstown. You pastor here in Warren, which is a stone's throw away. Can you talk a little bit about what it's like? And maybe go to the beginning when you first got in the ministry and you're changing your life and God has come in and you feel called to the ministry. What was the response like from family and friends? And then how did that sort of shake out?
1: Well, I think friends was different. Um, I think friends was different. Family was family was always difficult for me. Family was difficult for me because um, whether we know it or not, you know, this is the same people I beat up, <laughs> you know, at the family reunion. These were the same guys, you know what I mean, who saw me sneaking girls in and out the house. You know, these were the same guys um, who, you know what I mean, you know, saw me coming in from the club, or you know what I mean, you know, doing what I was doing when I was out there doing what I was doing. So for for me to say now, you know what I'm saying, I'm saved, sanctified, delivered, and set free, you know, blood bought, you know, all that, they are like man, nigga, please. I ain't trying that, to last that. year,
0: <laughs> you was a no-living soldier.
1: <laughs> I ain't trying to hear I ain't trying to hear all that. Don't <laughs> you know? the boots. Uh so I mean it was, it was it was it was it was difficult to get family, and for some reason. You know, friends was just different. And I, I think, you know, it takes time. It takes time for for people to see that. And, and it's not that, you know. With God done, but it's or, or, you know, with what you done for God, but people just they want to see reality. They want to see truth. They want to see a walk.
0: They want to see you living the life that you're talking about. So do you think it took a while for people to genuinely it, it, like accept you? Or do you feel like they were just holding off to see if this gonna last? Yeah, you know? th- yeah, I
1: think that's what it was. It is is it going to last? Is it going, you know, how how what is this a phase? You yeah, know yeah I, mean? I feel, it. I is feel this it. A phase? you had that phase where you was the drug dealer. You had the phase when you was, you know, you want to be called little Mike Tyson. You had, you know, is this one of those same phases? That you're gonna go through, and then sooner or later, you know what I mean. When, when you know, when when things don't go right, when money ain't there or whatever it is, you know what I mean. You just gonna quit. So, and you know what? And 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 I think it's different for a lot of people because I wasn't brought up in the church. I, I wasn't, yeah. Yeah. you know, I wasn't this pastor's kid. I wasn't this PK. I wasn't, you know, I was out there. My life was completely different than you know. Church
0: was the last thing I was trying to do. And, and what I was going to say is that it's almost fair. You can't expect people to just instantly. I mean, Paul didn't even get that treatment. Absolutely. When he converted. They were like, is this cat for real? Is this a ploy? Is this a trick? Is he trying to Trojan hoist up and, you know, give away our coordinates? And right. Like, it's almost <laughs> fair for people to. uh <laughs> say is this a phase because let's be honest there are people who go through the church phase oh yeah they go to the gospel phase and the funny thing is they come in so hardcore so fast and so loud like now i'm saying and, uh, and y'all church folk ain't ready for me right. and i'm about to show y'all the real and then they be like don't judge me but i'm getting higher right now <laughs> i just stabbed three people and all that so it's not unreasonable it's not unreasonable to say People do go through phases, and sometimes people before they dive into because because people you have to remember they will be vouching for you to other people, mm-hmm. and they don't want to have egg on their face either. Absolutely. If 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 you are going through that phase, did you ever have situations where it felt like I am here, I have the longevity, but I'm still not being taken not so much seriously. But there's still like this wink at me, you know, towards.
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, you know, people try you. People will try you. People be like, man, yeah, yeah I, I know you all. I know you all up into the church now, but you could still do this. Right. You could still do that. Right. No, I can't, sir. I, I'm sorry. So that's just not what I do. No I just more. told him I could. You know? <laughs> yeah, I can't. I mean, you know, I mean, whether it whether it's. At You know, for many of us, many of us pastors are bivocational pastors. So it's whether it's at your job, job, whether it's with your family, you know what I mean? And, you know, and so and then, you know, oftentimes it goes to the whole opposite extreme also, where now you become the prayer boy.
0: You, know, you got to say grace at all the family reunions. <laughs> you got to say grace at
1: all the family. You know what I mean? People texting you their questions
0: late at night.
1: Right. And, they, you know, you yeah. you, you got to do the weddings. You got to do the funerals. Yeah. You got to yeah. do this. You, you know, so it goes from one extreme to the next. And, you know, it's like you want to find that middle ground. You want to be, you know, when they come in, they, they want to turn off to me. Oh, I'm sorry. For that. You know, hey, hey. Um, dude, I'm I mean, here.
0: you know, cousins calling me Pastor Todd. Right, sometimes off the clear blue sky, and I appreciate the respect in a way. But after a while, it feels awkward because it's like a six year old, like Pastor Todd. He's like, "Dude, I'm cousin Todd." Right, I'm, right. You know, so that's odd. My story is a little different because I'm not some had a street life guy. I was like a church family PK, you know, mother and father, that whole deal, and almost expected like I was the playing church guy. Now, I can't say I was necessarily a total church rat, like I call the church groupies, mm-hmm. but it, it was almost like a preordained end, right? right? Mm-hmm. This at some point, especially when I exhibited some confidence and going in that direction. And that has its own pitfalls because people, they not only see a path ahead of you, but they begin to start attempting to play a part in dictating that path. Right, 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 right. And even now, pushing 40 and having been in ministry for 20 years now. I started my first time when I was 19, and the next year I was, you know, a couple of youth services, a couple of small things, and teaching Sunday school and doing things. You even see, and I hate to jump ahead, but I'll go back in a second, you hate hate to see that there are some people who are gung-ho for you until you didn't go in the direction or make them the center of the direction you were going to go. Like, almost like I own you and some of this. And by the way, this is a modern thing when the social media, this whole spiritual father stuff, then this whole, I want to be the one to say that I put you on and gave you the first opportunity. That's what I
1: wanted to ask you because, you know, I I, I don't, I don't, I don't take it lightly and, you know, and I know Todd, I know Todd, I know 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 Todd personally. And I, I have to say this because Todd is literally probably one of the most sought after pastors in this area at this particular moment in history. So I mean, you just said so. It's all kind of people who feel like they played
0: that part in your life, or you know, and, and the like funny they gave you one did.
1: opportunity. Some of them
0: did, like they genuinely did. But what happened was growth occurred, and the weirdest and most tragic thing is somehow and sometimes finding out. God, This is going to sound real rough. This is religiously incorrect. You become less and less impressed as the curtain comes back on the people. You were just happy to give you a spot in a slot. And it's not that you respect them any less like you lowered your view of them. They almost lowered themselves or they never ascended any higher than when you were small. They were big. Well, now I'm six foot tall. You're still five foot ten. It didn't intimidate me the same way. And and some of them, I, I said this before, I've literally preached this the oddest experience I've ever had is me becoming the very thing that they prophesied and now they despise it. Wow. And it makes you wonder, did they mean it at the time and don't know how to handle it now? Or were they just saying it because that's what they say to every young up and coming preacher. And you almost feel like everybody wants to at least say a good word to an up and coming minister so that they can say, they said a word to an up and coming minister, like a, just in case, just in case you blow up, I want you to, to remember that time I called you up to the altar and told you. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, how many of us, when we're young ministers, do we not get prophesied over a thousand times about how our ministries are going to blow up and God's going to use us to reach the masses and we're going international and the city, you're going to be Dr. So-and-so. So, on one hand, you feel like people are just saying it to say it. On the other hand, you feel like they meant it. They really believed in you. But something shifted. Sometimes it can be you. Like oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I have jerky seasons and the immaturity of life, you know, shines a lot brighter than the giftings in my life. And they hold that against you, in my personal opinion, way too long. And instead of remembering when they were young, but sometimes that person's young experience might not be my young experience. And so maybe I am far beyond at 32, maybe when I was 32, than they were at 32. And that does something to them. And Absolutely. it does something to me, too, by the way. Absolutely. Because maybe what kept some of, them, some of them humble was, hey, I was an up-and-coming minister, but I was just a side guy that got to pray sometime. This cat is over here on the news all the time.
1: And, 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 and for me, you know, Pastor Todd, and I I, I can't speak for you because I don't know your earlier years, but for me, I've had my sit-down seasons.
0: mm Mm.
1: And I know uh, y'all can act like y'all been good all your life in ministry, but you know, my girl, Cindy Moe was there with me and she could tell y'all about some of my sit down seasons where, you know what I mean? And in those seasons, I actually began to doubt myself. Wow, Am I really called to this? How, 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 how can I make the mistakes that I made? How can I, you know, you know, actually turn my back on God in some of these seasons that I went through in my life and really be the man of God that I'm supposed to be and
0: still making the mistakes that I made. Now does knowing these people so intimately affect that feeling and make it deeper as opposed to, because sometimes I look at preachers who are messing up and it could go either way, I guess sometimes because they are the hometown boy and they're so beloved. Mm-hmm. that there's a love there that's going to be unconditional. Other times they're not the hometown boy and they're like, I don't know these Negroes anyway. Right. Bunk right. y'all. We all got <laughs> dirt. I'm going to preach my one sermon and keep on moving. So did being a hometown guy like, oh man, this is not just a shame to the church. It's a shame to my family, to my city. Everybody knows. Did that affect you more or did that really play a part?
1: No, it it, it definitely affected you more. It definitely affected you more because, you know, because I think, you know, uh, Pastor Troy Bronner I, I when I had was in one of my sit down seasons, he he told me, he said, listen, um, he said, listen, and he called me Elder at the time. Listen, Elder, how you talk. Mm-hmm. He said, he said, after Sunday, there's always dinner talk. Mm-hmm. After Sunday, Sunday after Sunday service, there's always dinner talk. You don't want to be the person who is the dinner talk. Wow. And, and, and that you know because that's what it is you know i mean and let's just be honest pat man man you have taught man you hear you you hear did you you know what i mean and, and so i talk about you on this show <laughs> should be
0: told mess mess up and see if you don't end up on this show <laughs> But you're right. You're right. You don't want to be the guy. <laughs> you, you,
1: you don't want to be that gossip calling person. <laughs> yeah. Especially in your own town. You know what I mean? You know, you 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 finally, you know, you're trying to go out to real lobster and everybody looking everybody at you.
0: Everybody looking like, at you. Yes, you don't this want to be that the That's church's money. Mike, Mike got a question. a question. Was there ever a time early in your ministry where you had to stop and reevaluate to see? if you were actually doing this for yourself or doing it for other people, especially in your case, Todd, because of the way you grew up. Absolutely. And you know, what? I think the sad thing is, I can tell you the time that I stopped and reevaluated, I literally took like a five week break from church when my second son was born and I didn't even go to church. I took a five week break from church, visited some other churches, but it almost, Especially in a family situation, it almost never happens organically. It usually happens because some kind of trouble arose. So, some type of dispute, some type of argument, some type of turmoil in the church, dissension in the family. And and every church family has that tension where things boil over and it affects both church and family, and Mm -hmm. family and church. That spurred that. Unfortunately, I wish it had been more of a Holy Spirit, or let me examine myself, or let me just take stock at this certain age, or or my own core family, my family, Shamika and the kids, and where am I going in life? It wasn't that, but it did happen. And I think a lot of us who are raised up under families, we are PKs, we're the heir apparent, we're the talent. You can see it; it's plain to see. Stuff is so automatic for you; it's almost like spoiled rich kids. Stuff is so automatic. Doors are open. People are nicer. And there's criticism there. And we always talk about the terror PKs go through and all that. But there's a lot of inordinate opportunities and like favor and sometimes butt kissing that comes your way, too, because you're the PK, because the talent's there. So unfortunately, a lot of stuff is just automatic. And what happens is life ends up throwing a stick in your spokes. It's never really what it should be, which is self-examination, God really breaking you down independently. It's usually life doing something. And when you fall off that bike, you're like, all right, let me think about this for real. Is this what I want? Is this where I'm going? So that's the danger of church, family and family church and coming up under somebody. And I knew your grandfather and I know your dad and everybody's proud of you. And da, 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 da. It, it creates like an automatic, I guess I just got to do this because it's in the family.
1: For me, um, for me, honestly, and many people don't know this, but I went to the military when I was 30 years old. Wow. I was 30 when I went. And when I went to the military, I said, I'm not going to be a preacher. Mm. I'm not going, I'm not going to preach. I'm not going to teach. I'm not going to talk about Jesus. I'm going to the military. This is, these are my college years. This, I'm going to relive my college years in the military. Right. I'm going to go have fun. I'm going to kick it. I'm going to go to the club. I'm going to go to the bar. I'm going to do all that. Right. And, and it, it lasted for a long time until
0: yeah the, the longest college years ever.
1: <laughs> no, but no, but, but here's the thing until we get in trouble, and only thing we could do was to go to service because they, could, they wouldn't allow us not to go to chapel. Right. And I, I went to chapel and they was asking questions and I could answer them all. Then, you know, so now. There's
0: a call on your life, brother. Right.
1: And so now it drew me back in. Right. It drew me back right. in. And because I was I was literally like, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm done. I'm, I'm not preaching anymore. Wow. And, you wow. know, and then. When everybody saw how much I knew about the Bible, then I wasn't, they didn't want me to go to the club no more. <laughs> exactly. We don't want to hang with you.
0: You know too many scriptures. Like, what's out. going
1: on? You know? Like,
0: you know the scripture about all the sins we're doing. You know all the commandments. You know the 12th commandment, the 14th commandment. Jimmy makes a great point. And I can relate in a sense. I won't claim to be him, but he said when he first came out of a life of addiction and answered the call to ministry, here's the point I can relate to. Some church folk made me feel like the church pet. Mm. Glad for you, but not taking you seriously, which, oh. which I'm just paraphrasing. Want to hear your testimony, but keep it moving. And we don't want to see shepherding leadership. And I think that's a good transition, Pastor Jeff, because it can happen where Pastor Jimmy Davis, who I've known since we were teenagers. I mean, I've known uh, Jimmy. We go way back uh, as schoolmates, and I'm so proud and thankful uh, for him. He's the new pastor at the Morgandale Church of the Nazarene okay, okay. Uh, over there and here in Warren. Uh, but we all go through phases where people are humoring our ministry and honoring our status as a minister, but don't accept our leadership as a minister. So let's talk Good about transition. that hometown and, and maybe let's start first as a minister versus a pastor. Because as a minister, you're coming up, you're becoming whatever you are in the church you're serving. You're still just a minister, which is really very, especially in black churches and in Baptist churches and in Pentecost churches, a very limited to no authority. But sometimes we get up and talk like we got some authority. And we getting up here rebuking and you know, corrective and you don't know the word, you ain't living right, da-da-da-da. And sometimes we might be blind to the fact that we're coming off that way. But then it gets into well, you do get the pastoral call, you are supposed to be the authority. And now all these folk who knew you as little Jeff, George's son, Todd, the keyboard player, somebody's associate minister, they struggle to see you as the person who is there to help them discern right from wrong left from right, sit down. You were the one being sat down. Now you're the one that has to sit down. What kind of struggles have you run into moving into the authoritative role and people not accepting it? And again, related to your hometown.
1: It was was difficult, man. You know, a lot of times because, like you said, now first of all, please understand that most of the churches I went to for whatever reason, you know, and I'm not saying I'm so good, but – I always moved into that second spot. I've always moved like right up. Like I'm the pastor's armor bearer. I'm I'm very close to the pastor. I am the pastor's assistant or whatever it was. And I, it was always a great spot to be in. Mm -hmm. So although I didn't have the, all the authority I was right there, like maybe I don't got all the authority, but you know I'm as close to the man as as it as it is right, gonna come. Right, you know right. whether it was me being Pastor Harrison's armor bearer, maybe being Pastor Redd's armor Bear, me being your we assistant together. pastor, absolutely Wh- wherever I was, I always moved up to that spot. But then when I took on, uh, especially Beulah Baptist, you know it was it wasn't as much the people, but the the actual pastors of the community. Hmm. To me, that's what it was like. I, I I don't feel like I'm getting that
0: equal treatment. Equal I'm treatment at your you level.
1: I, you, and I understand I've only been a pastor one year.
0: Right. <laughs> you know, right. What I mean?
1: and, and sometimes you, you, you might want to be hurt. Her- you, you might want to hurry up to get to a position that you really ain't ready for. And we need to be careful of that too. Right. But there is like, okay, I'm here now. And, you know, and I think oftentimes I felt like, you know, even though I'm here, you know, they still see me as, you know, Pastor Harrison's sidekick or Pastor Todd's sidekick. And, you know, and I think in some ways you you kind of get frustrated with that because it's like, all right, man, you know, I was not elevated to this position to be a sidekick
0: anymore. Correct. Correct. And, you know, it, it's it's a very similar dynamic being a PK. Uh, and, you know, my situation was was not much different than any other pk especially if you you pastor my father was still there right and there were people who'd be like yeah i heard what you said pastor todd i'm gonna go ask pastor george
1: right (laughs) (laughs) like
0: to my face like so we're gonna paint that room yeah we're gonna paint that room yellow i'm gonna go tell pastor george i want to paint it orange it was a real bathroom it really happened so uh (laughs) but so that authority situation and for a while it was all three of us I can't wait. No, now you playing, Elder. You playing. Don't make me start talking. You playing. We had a phone call. We 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 playing. Uh, and <laughs> uh, it's it weird because I was young and brash and probably still considered that way, even though I'm good and 40 and gray haired. But I was young and brash. But I think that's a part of what's learning me to give grace sometimes to others who are in the same spot where it's just like, what else would you be when you're young and getting attention, and you get right, a mic and you right. get to talk for an hour? You go be young and brash. It's just impossible <laughs> yeah. to not be that. I don't care if you're a rapper, a baseball, football star, or a preacher. If you're the young guy doing something, you're probably not going to do it with the best, most humble spirit the first right, time around. Right, the right. first three, four, five years, you just gonna really struggle to to measure yourself down. And can we talk about the other part of the reality of age? Even in our hometowns, is that. Even if you're saying all the right things, it's perceived differently simply because you're younger Mm -hmm. or because they've known you so long. They have to get used. And the funny thing is the people are blaming you for themselves not being acclimated to your voice being authoritative and your word being bond and being God's word. And so they're like pushing on you, like, who are you? When really, they're saying we're not ready to accept You've actually not said it wrong. Right. It wouldn't have been wrong 20 years from now. It wouldn't have been wrong if you were in another city, which we'll get to Rashad's question in a second, wouldn't be wrong if you were the, 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 new, the new pastor in another city. But because we've known you so long, we can't help but hear it through the filter of our familiarity to the point that we have a hard time hearing the authority. And that's like that's why people. some people say you can't pastor your own family. Absolutely. Or or And, 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 and can we just hit on this real quick? Because we're going to get to Rashad in a minute. He's already hitting on it. And then I get tired of hearing that, that the only answer to people not respecting you is that a prophet is without honor in his his hometown. hometown. Like, I get that that's a statement and a phrase that was spoken in the Bible. But if that becomes the cop-out to every... Church, city, whatever, being unable to receive what a man or woman of God has to say, because I knew you when you were coming up. I knew you when you were in the streets. I knew when you were just learning how to minister or preach or when your dad put you up or whatever, whatever. That can't be the final answer to everything. But we make it that. And we'll walk away. Like I've said to some people, like, don't tell me that. Go tell them that. (laughs) Right. <laughs> Tell them to show honor to the prophet in his hometown. <laughs> Don't come telling me I'm not going to ever get no honor. That's that's crazy. But but let's go to the question Rashad has before he go before he yeah, yeah, goes yeah, 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 I just go want
1: to just exactly. talk about them young people, um, them older people, how they act. And I've told them, and I, I've said it on Facebook, and I, I have no doubt saying it that oftentimes just because you're. Older does not mean you're right. It just means you've been wrong longer. You've been wrong longer. And some people have just been wrong for a long time. And our
0: rightness irritates their wrongness. And their wrongness was accepted for so long by other people who are just as wrong as they are. Because
1: we have to we have to realize that a lot of these guys who have been pastors did not have the education that we have did not have, and I'm, I'm not putting anything down because they done what they could do.
0: I'll put somebody down. Some of them are just flat not doing a good job. And the people who love them and defend them make a bad job a good job and make your good job a bad job. Exactly. That's exactly, exactly. what they're doing. Yeah, because yeah. if they gave you too much credit mm-hmm. as the up and comer, the new guy, the person raised up or whatever, if they gave you too much credit, it would shine too bright of a light. On the situation they're in and the people yes, they've sir. been following. Yes, sir. That's just facts. Yes, sir. So, yeah. Hate me. <laughs> <laughs> Rashad, my man, says, do either of you, here we go, y'all, buckle up. Do either of you think your ministry would be more powerful or larger following if you were away from Warren? Or do you think that being in a familiar place I assume helps you utilize your ministry better because you are in familiar territory. So I guess it's kind of a pros and cons situation. And I'll start with this. First of all, Warren is in Warren especially, I'll stick with Warren, it's the only place I've ever pastored, is just a small city. (laughs) (laughs) It's a small city. So This Negro (laughs) trying to get me, trying to get me fired. (laughs) We're getting evicted. (laughs) It's going to be a meeting call this week. (laughs) Hey, so, so let's make this clear. Warren is smaller. Here's something else I discovered by going to bigger cities to Terrence's point, to Elder Johnson's point, and it is no, uh, Elder Dooley's point. There's no disrespect. Even in larger cities, there are only so many who are genuinely capable. Absolutely. And you find it out real quick and you're intimidated by the Atlantis of the world and the New York of the world and the Columbuses. And the, trust me, it's just as many subpar ministers and churches and just people, like you said, maybe uneducated, maybe just ain't got it, just nice. ain't got it. Can we be for real here? There are many different styles, many different approaches, but some folk just ain't got it, period. And it's more than you think that ain't got it, that do got it in larger places. So. I do feel my capacity could be of good use in other spaces. And there is a negative to being in a familiar place where you are subject to the lowered expectations that others have gotten used to. And they have a hard time imagining bigger and dreaming broader. And those of us who are raised, we want to kick against the norm and the expectation. We still have that freshness. And to be honest, can I be super serious with y'all and, and, and to keep it real? We we don't want to we don't want to die in the same situation we saw other people flounder in. Absolutely. That's, that's we don't want to sit here. And I, I, I I'll say it plainly and y'all can record this and share. I refuse to be another 70 year old pastor in this city preaching to nine people. Come on, I got to go get finish my degree, go be a professor like I need to like I, if I don't if I don't learn something from what I've watched growing up in the 80s and 90s and 2000s. I'm the dummy. Personally, and that don't sound spiritual to some of y'all, but come I'm on, the dummy. Come on. Come on. If I sit here hanging on to power and half my congregation died and it's quite obvious that I didn't have it to bring you in. Now, here's the thing. Maybe we live in an area where there's not much to bring in demographics, numbers. I'm a numbers guy. You know that they are what they are. Only so many folk anywhere are going to come in. If that was the case, somebody, I've we've been to some of the baddest preacher's churches and they ain't full. Right. Because numbers are numbers, demographics are demographics. So the pros of being here is there is, you know, the landscape. Mm-hmm. We know our culture. We know the best way to approach them. We don't come from the outside. I mean, we watch cats move to this area, male and female, and just, just miss it completely. Miss it because they thought they were bring something and new came, to Warren. came in and went out. I mean, they skated literally out the front door, out the back <laughs> I door, mean, right with out. The world's greatest sermons, but it wasn't for Warren. It wasn't for this area. We know the blue collar nature of the city. We know the traditions. We know where the strengths are. We're Baptist and Kojic and Warren, for instance. You know what I mean? That's 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 all day. You know whatever it might be. Uh, the, the the problem with that familiarity is that sometimes. I don't feel challenged all the time because I feel like, man, I'm not feeling intimidated enough to stretch myself. Cause I know this landscape too well, man. I can walk, not just second and agape. I can walk almost in any church in one with my eyes closed. You know what I'm saying? I can go into church in the dark and know how to turn the lights on, I get on the organ, <laughs> fix the mics, <laughs> take up an offering, I got their bank account numbers. I got y'all checkbooks
1: (laughs) So that does something to you It does Now now, for me it's a little different For me it's a little different than for Todd Because when I started pastoring I started pastoring in Youngstown Youngstown was my city Right Youngstown was my city Uh, And and I I think I don't know if it was Just because I knew so many people Or what it was Because when I took over the church It was a very small church And by the time I left We had really built something huge so you know people come and visit and people always coming to check you out every sunday Was somebody stopping by just man hey i just heard about you you know what i mean whether it was shelly working at the radio station so i was getting free advertising i was getting free advertising for people like i heard your radio ad you know whatever it was but coming up here to warn has been a whole different you know that's a
0: horse of a different color can we be honest can we say what nobody else can say Please do. I already know what you're gonna say, but go ahead. Warren is a strange city, it's just a strange city, man. And I didn't know it until I just started traveling. I'm like, man, it, it
1: really is. I mean, like, I really don't get place, me wrong, we, we love it, but it's it's just different good night, it is just it's a different and it's people like, come here and tell us that, and we don't believe it. Everybody who leaves be like, Man, Warren
0: was. Ooh, Listen, whoa. I I cannot express to you, and I'm not limiting my church, Second Baptist. Don't you go out here telling people I said something negative about my church? Multiple areas, guests at different churches, things, multiple people have come from the outside. Like, what is wrong with this place? It's like a spirit.
1: Yeah. It, that's <laughs> exactly what they say. And exactly. I know who it is. <laughs> and I, and I, and I
0: know, I, I know who the spirit is. They won't let me say it. <laughs> They, Don't they, you say it? They Don't were, you say it? I know who they be. <laughs> not, not the park in. Y'all, y'all stayed at the park in and then and the days in? That's Ooh. like murder central. Man. Remember when they closed them hotels down and everybody was getting them used chairs? Yeah. <laughs> All of our church four years had them used chairs. Oh my God. We still do. Okay. Pastor Ari Vernon came to Warren, to New Jerusalem Church years ago and mm-hmm. said, Warren is a preacher's graveyard. Wow. I'm telling you what he said.
1: I on a lot came and said,
0: this town would never Hey, say we, hey we love you, Warren. <laughs> but so, so, so here's the thing I say this openly because I've said it to enough people that it's probably gotten passed around. When any person who genuinely loves and raised in this area or in the region, and they know God's call is here, and if they have any measure to them, and I'm not speaking of myself, I'm speaking of anybody, I I just think uh, that arena, that area should be exceptionally receptive and helpful to that person, not worshiping, not giving everything over to them because they're so special. But I think that because of the spirit and mentality of the place, it's impossible to, right. It's impossible to, and you cannot ignore 40 years of decline economically, demographically, spiritually in an area. So, but honestly, I've been to New York and I've been to Atlanta and I've seen that there are just as many shuttered churches, storefronts, go nowhere ministries, people who really aren't called folk that split and got mad from each other and all this other stuff. Well, tell me this. Tell me this. Right tell, me this tell, tell me this, though, because so. I know
1: it's somebody on here and maybe they ain't saying it, but I know it's so. Can I, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second. What, if, what, what, what What about the person who's out there saying right now, y'all just must not be anointed enough? to change the city y'all just must not have because god
0: gave us the keys to the kingdom and show me who is because the last person i heard talking about keys to the kingdom put the keys in this car drove to columbus (laughs) and shut his church down. yeah yeah i said it the last person who was ranting and (laughs) raving About how we're not anointed enough. Set the, set this shut this off, Mike. Shut it off. Shut him down. The last person <laughs> who ranted and raving about how we weren't anointed enough shut his church down and moved away. <laughs> so the anointed took him down I-71. I think my wife is texting ah. me to shut up. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. Uh, it's, it's, I, I think we should just be cautious about using that type of mentality. And that's the practicality that you sometimes lose when you've been in your hometown your whole life. You lose the practicality that nobody wants to talk about. And that is that there are realities to the spaces that you are in ministry in, in the same way that there are realities to the spaces where industry are in. There are realities OK, there's a when people say there's nothing to do in Warren and we're just using we're not beating up on Warren. We're not. I can't wait to see the emails tomorrow. You won't get a mic. They're coming to my inbox. And truth be told, I probably won't even get them. They'll be at the beauty salon in the morning. That's what it'll be. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. But but th- for instance, The same reason churches, let's just say churches aren't flourishing, whether we have some of the greatest preachers. By the way, we have some amazing preachers, singers, choirs. We got some of the best of Warren has ever seen some coming from Warren that aren't here anymore and some that are still here. And apparently, you know, that has not changed the realities of our situation. But it's also the same reason we don't have 10 jumping clubs downtown. Because True. the demographic just ain't there That's, that's the truth that's Okay, the truth. So if Warren was jumping something would be jumping You know what's jumping Them, them uh, tribute concerts in the summertime The country Leonard Skinner tribute bands That's what's jumping You know what I'm saying The dude playing the violin on the roof of the amphitheater Or whatever they do down there that's, So as far as black churches are going And the black community and black culture It's just not So is there a broader base in other places Yeah could I get swallowed up somewhere and think I'm just about how many dudes are running over cats in high school and get smacked in college?
1: Come on all the time.
0: Or running over cats in college and they get to the next league and realize so it could be the way. Uh, so I'm not high on myself like that. Like, man, if I just get here then I would just be blah, 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 blah. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's Trump headquarters. It is Trump headquarters. <laughs> it, it is. Don't look like it. I'll take you to him. Uh, so, I mean. So here's the rub, Jeff, and I'll ask you this. So Rashad doesn't have to ask you. Being here your whole life, do you ever feel the itch?
1: I think we've all felt the itch. I, I, and any Anybody who say they haven't, it's more than likely lying. For me, I think we've all felt the itch.
0: <laughs> send Dooley a link. Just send yeah. Dooley a link. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead about
1: the itch yeah I I definitely think we've all had the itch and I think you know for somebody you know I think time time uh condenses that itch you know with me being 49 now for me to grab my family and to move and to try to start over and you know and I think we all have to be be realistic I think I think that's something that we as pastors as ministers have to do you know even with somebody who grabbing their keys and leaving Warren and going to Columbus at the age of, you know, that age. It's like, come on. I mean,
0: Again, pe- the most people, th- people the, the are most not th-
1: hiring. People are, people are looking for younger pastors. The
0: most anointed demon deliver with the Columbus. You can do it too. People are hiring younger.
1: Pa- People are hiring younger and younger pastors. It's just and it's just a reality. So are you sure,
0: though? I know. some a lot I know some, of churches that would rather have more middle aged settled pastors. There's a benefit there, man. Oh, I definitely they think say like 40 to 60 is your 40 to 60 is like your sweet spot. But
1: I'm for me. Probably I'm not. No I'm case not case grabbing. Case. I'm not grabbing my family and A uprooting feeling. them and hoping that some church is gonna take care of me. And even if you do say you you're going to,
0: because but what if it does? These, come church, like that, these
1: churches always. I mean, they promise you. You know, they promise you the moon, the stars, and the sun.
0: Okay, d- Jeff. L- l- this is religiously incorrect. But the these churches we know are the these churches we know. And,
1: yeah, well, and a I mean, big
0: part of it is that we often can't fathom a different world where there might be a That's different true. capacity and seriousness about it, and they're just used to. I mean, hey, I was raised outside of the context that I'm in right now. I wasn't raised being a full time pastor where there's a package and they really do take care of the needs that you need. And I'm in that situation now, and I'm very grateful for it. But it was, if you asked me before that, when I was just fully gung ho in the church I was raised in. That was an untenable situation. I'm not putting my life in nobody's hands. I'm not such and such and such and such. And, and I, my church, second, is wonderful to me and the wife and, and our family and, and take care of us in the context that Warren has to offer you. I don't think you can find anything better. And, and I really do thank God for them and, and the life that they've afforded and allowed me to minister with. But to be honest, that's the exception, not the rule. right? And so it makes sense then. For us to have a hesitation about making a jump based off what we've seen here. Now, here's Mm -hmm. the practical part. Everybody just has practical itches in life just to feel like I haven't seen the world or lived anywhere else or my children, your children. Right. Absolutely. And Saying that I am a settled person, but am I robbing my child of the opportunity to be in a more progressive bustling opera you know and place it was really bad those years like when he was trying to play sports oh like yeah. nobody was coming out for sports and i'm
1: what's really sad pastor Todd, is that it seems like pastoring is the only place that people feel like you shouldn't better yourself can we talk about <laughs> you that you shouldn't you sh- i can't believe you on leave i mean you know i can <laughs> If you're a practical nurse and, you know, somebody wants you to come. You know how many letters I got in my desk of
0: folk that moved on to Greener Pastures?
1: Absolutely. When GM closed, you know how many people moved and left and, and moved
0: on? And it is a call. This is not about who has the bigger check. There's no doubt about it. It's not about where is there a bustle. I, I have said it and I mean what I say when I talk about my family, when I talk about what God has designed for my children. I'm watching certain things there are times when I'd rather be perhaps, and I'm not making this up. Like I'd rather be somewhere else. Don't take that from this, but I'd rather be in a smaller space. I don't have to say I went off to a bigger church. I could be in a modest church, but be in a better opportunity space for my family Mm -hmm. and feel like, okay, schools, programs, opportunities, jobs, just the life, the light would be a different dynamic. And it's not, my church's fault, Second Baptist, is amazing. Right, there right. are some amazing churches in Morning and Youngstown. It's not their fault that an area is depressed because, quite frankly, it's not so much about us leaving and all this other stuff. You also have to think about there are people that don't want to come here. Absolutely.
1: That, that, ooh, that's a good and point. I have
0: often said a in a point. ministry standpoint, an indicator that nobody looks after that clergy movement is one of those unknown, invisible economic indicators of an area. If there's some movement coming or going from clergy, that means a place is living. That means you're either producing good clergy or you're attracting good clergy. That's right. That's right. And if nobody. (laughs) (laughs) And I meant what I said. (laughs) Oh, that is funny, <laughs> <laughs> Dooley. I told you not to come to that particular place that was mentioned to me. I uh, <laughs> wow. We might have to block you. <laughs> and thank you for receiving it. That was straight from the Lord. No, but seriously, it's. It's not their fault that this is an economically depressed area and that things aren't what they could be. Uh, but it's also not an individual's fault for keeping their eyes open. And it's not like I'm looking and I'm the-. no. it's just, Who knows? And 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 you know what I have to tell myself, and I'm not even there. I'm not. Please don't think I am. You have to tell myself sometimes when those. In- First of all, so let's talk about this hometown stuff and finish this off, Pastor Jeff. Let me get here first. People have to stop telling us you're gonna leave. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Oh, how uncomfortable is
0: that? It's, that's that's crazy.
1: I know you ain't gonna stay here long. I, <laughs> listen, <laughs> you're doing this to me. Listen, I, I don't know how many. Listen, don't just go there and be there for a couple of years. Don't just go there and you know. I know where your stepping stone. Yeah, come on. Are you serious? Yes. Yeah, stop.
0: I'm not a you're stepper, right. and you're not a stone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, don't stay We're going to preach somewhere. Come back now. I mean, you know, it's it's uncomfortable. It's yes. weird. Uh, but I, I almost forgot the point I was going to make when I got to that that that, that weirdness. But it, it, it's a weird place that everybody gets to in life, and ministry work and ministry call is no different. It's really not. And so we all have to acknowledge that reality. Here's what I was going to say. I'm not even at that place. But when people started saying those hints and they started talking that way and then you start feeling this guilt, I'm like, hold up, Jeff. We are pastors in 2022. Negroes have been walking out of this city for years. People have come and gone for years. So you're not about to make me be on eggshells. If ever some Call or unction comes from any direction. And there is just a rumor. It's just because I went through the hell of rumors. You know, and oh, that's yeah. the part about hometown. Oh, I and was it's there. I was can there. we finish on this? I was there. When you make transitions in your hometown, your whole hometown is audience to it and participants in it. And so I can proudly say this. If there is a, any transition in my life, it ain't around the corner.
1: No, not at
0: all. Because at that's all. Hell.
1: Not at all. Oh, yeah. That is
0: hell, leaving, Absolutely. leaving, the, the, especially my home church, and seeing the same folk at Giant Eagle the very next day while I'm preaching somewhere else down the street. That is terrible. I don't wish that on nobody. <laughs> Y'all don't even know. Okay? So, <laughs> I see why people, because the transition is hard enough, and you don't understand. And now I know what some older preachers were talking about. They just want to be gone and through and away from the people because they're going to live I still with got their. Folk mad at me, I know what you're yeah. talking about. I still got folks. They're going to live with their opinions. They're going to spread those opinions, and you almost want to get the people that don't even know. them. Absolutely, don't
1: don't know don't, them don't know them. Know, them don't know you. You can go down there and do what you called to do, and just leave. And I, I do agree with you, Pastor Todd. I mean. You know, every day, every day my son comes home and he's, dad, 12 people was in a fight today. Dad, why do I get punished? You know, and so it's like, you know, sometimes you do feel like, you know, there there probably would be a place better afforded for you and your family. But
0: I would just encourage people to don't make it weird for pastors, especially because, you know, there's older, settled people. So the young ones are the ones that get to talk. Mm hmm. The ones that grew up here are the ones that get the top nobody's saying that to some 65 year old pastor right you ain't leaving out you you know what I mean this is they're talking about retirement or whatever trying to put them out but like don't <laughs> make it weird for people like because you make it weird like we all know this is a reality we all know this is it, it might not be and 40 years from now you might I, you, I could just be another Ronald Fowlis. I could be another person who stayed and, and, and I don't mean stayed like I did anybody a favor but this is the call. This is what it is. And so the hometown thing is difficult because they get to not only watch your move, but participate in the move, comment on the move and even affect your moves after the move is made. They get to help write the story about the transitions of your life. And I'm talking about I'm not talking about changing churches. I'm talking about just anything you endeavor to do. Right. Anything. You know them so well. They think they know you so well, you know, that 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 makes it weird. So excuse me. But uh any changes I, I you that. make
1: in the church. Yeah. Any changes you make in the church.
0: It's, it's gonna be from tough. from
1: taking down the the old wood podium, <laughs> putting up a fiberglass,
0: listen, to moving the offering table. Vote vote you out. They would do it. Uh, thank you, Lady Dela Cruz. Mm. That thank you. That's we we good. have to think about our families. You and and honestly, any healthy person would want their pastor to think and consider their families and make sure their families are happy because trust me. If we don't have happy families, you don't get good ministry. You'd be better off. You'd be better off not having the pastor you want if his family's miserable. Come on, sir. I'm just telling the truth. You just be better off not having the pastor you love and respect. And honestly, I guess I could also say that if you really loved and respected your pastor, you would make sure his family was happy. Come on, sir. Now, I ain't talking about throwing money at him and the offerings and anniversary. I'm talking I about am. respect. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time I'm going to do the interjection. I am. Jeff wants throwing to this, some money. Jeff wants that big throne chair y'all be having at the baby showers. <laughs> <laughs> he wants that big white throne chair. I saw somebody carry their pastor in. Stop. On like a cart at their Stop. anniversary.
1: It's just it's too much, too
0: much. Yeah, Jamal Bryant said, I'm never walking in my church again. Y'all got to carry me in every Sunday. Y'all got to, yeah, yeah. He carried me in on a, on a wheel. It, and he, thank you, Glenn. Pastor Glenn, go ahead and read that.
1: I thank God for the for the love y'all you, you all have for the city of Warren. The church community have been helped and restored because of the two of you. Thank you so much. We certainly appreciate it. We are trying our best. Well,
0: that makes one of them. <laughs> We love you, Pastor Glenn. We're just clouded. We're tired. We're tired, man. We've been through some churches and events. This has been a pretty good conversation. I really enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed it. Any last minute questions before we go? I want to say that, you know, I'm Warren born, Warren bred. Not going to sit here and say I'm Warren dead and all that stuff. But uh, there really is no place like home. And I can say that at the age of 39, Warren has made me who I am. And if I'm pastoring at 69, it'll be the same thing. Warren has made me who I am. And if that pastoring at 69 is at second Baptist church or it's in Timbuktu, the answer will still be the same. Warren has made me who I am. It's Absolutely. just, it just is what it is, Absolutely. you know, but that coming and going, man, that's, that's some serious stuff. Cause here's the weird thing. We're hometown guys. I, I don't mean to stretch this out, but we're hometown guys. And because this is not an attractive place, we're very unlikely to actually meet new people. Uh, Nobody's going to like move here and right, we get to know right, some right, new right. guys. And, and, and we thank
1: God that you have, uh, what's the group you got? Um, you go to the mission. Brian Berean, Berean, the Berean one, and Lock Carry, Lock Carry. Yeah. And, you know, me, peoples. me with, you know, whether it, whether it be with um, Pastor Paramore and them or yep. wherever we go, you know, we get to go places. And so, and hopefully we get to bring some new and innovative things back to war Sometimes, some of them, some of them, some of the stuff y'all gonna like, some of stuff y'all gonna gonna like.
0: And trust me, when we go to these places, we are not running around passing out business cards and doing all that. It's not really like that. It it really isn't. You know, everybody just comes, does their thing, daps each other up and goes home. This ain't some circus, you know? Right. Right. Uh, But yeah, it's, it's, it's cool, man. I mean, I, I love my hometown. I I don't think I could have done it. I don't want to say what couldn't have been done. I'm just grateful for the places because I do think I could have thrived somewhere else. I think it's it's God's plan anyway. It's his hand. Uh, you know, it's not me. Like, are you good enough? It's, it's, it's God's call on your life. That's the answer. And
1: I definitely love, you know, I, I have a, a guy who's been visiting my church for the last month. We went, went to school together. He was at church today and I showed him, you know, I, saw, I say right next door, he said, "Uh, he said, oh, you stay up here and warn now. You just, you just dog. No, I ain't dog Youngstown. I love Youngstown. I'm always love it, yo. And, It's only a half an hour, so y'all can bring y'all butts up here just like y'all, just like Jermaine is doing every week. Right,
0: right. (laughs) And, 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 you know, I got that talk for a while when I was riding hard with uh, Youngstown on a lot of especially justice stuff. And I just Mm -hmm. happened to be engaged and involved. I was getting that little talk of you spend all your time in Youngstown. I'm like, well, show me some love, bro. You go where you celebrated, not tolerated. That's it. That's I it. I mean, it is what it is. So uh, we love our, our hometown. I, I love having Pastor Jeff here in Warren. I love being a Warrenite. I love when Pastor Jeff was in Youngstown. You could see the love. You could see the people that respect you and know you. And I think it does cross over, even if they don't want to make that drive right, right. across the imaginary 15-minute line between Warren <laughs> and Youngstown that nobody understands. Everybody
1: say they don't understand it, but ain't nobody going to do it. Ain't nobody (laughs) going to do it. I mean, it's like the
0: Great Wall of China between Warren and Youngstown (laughs) somehow. I don't don't get it. You thought the Pacific Ocean was between us, but it be what it be, man. Hey, you guys make sure uh, you tune in every Sunday night at 8 p.m. We are thanking our sponsors again, the Phillips Care family of businesses, not to mention Phillips Care Fitness. Uh, Phillips Care Fitness are the owners of – High Street Fitness in Cortland, Ohio. Check out Mike Phillips and Phillips Care on Facebook, online. I keep telling y'all, the weather's getting nice. You need to get your beach body together. You need to get your bikini body together. We don't want to have any fouls, any 15-yard penalties on the beach. We don't need Tony Brown saying foul on the play. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we, need a, we need a beach referee to throw throw flags at people. I said
1: it again last week, and I'm going to say it again.
0: Wear what you can fit wear until what you, you can, can fit. fit what you can wear. Praise the Lord. That's a word, That's a word from heaven. I'm going to do that one from a sermon pretty soon. Well, Big Mike, thank you. Anything you want to add? Any questions you want to add? Was this pretty good, pretty decent? We talked about no place like home. If you want to interact with Religiously Incorrect, make sure you follow us on Facebook. Like and follow and subscribe and hit the bell on our YouTube page. We're on Twitter and Instagram. Inbox us, email us. You can go to our website, ReligiouslyIncorrectPodcast.com and get gear. You can email us at ReligiouslyIncorrectPodcast at gmail.com. But most importantly, keep tuning in every Sunday night. Sunday night service, 8 p.m. Until next time, God bless. Peace out.